You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. It says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Thank you, Chase. We have, as Life Church, uh, sort of quickly moved into a mode of transitional growth. Um, Life Church has been growing, um, and it continues to grow. Uh, and as it does, that requires of us to look at how do we accommodate that growth uh, given the facility that we're in and our location. Um, and as many of you already know, what we found out is that the, uh, the city says that we cannot build on to this building here. Um, and so that makes it very difficult for us as we're going forward. Um, and as our, our church growth and development committee is looking at the options of what we might do, uh, that puts us in this position of becoming very creative. We have a lovely opportunity to figure some unique things out, especially ways of accommodating uh, people in Life Church. And, um, and we talked to you last Sunday, sort of initiating that sort of thinking process a bit, a bit more clearly and stronger, uh, and challenged you to get out of your comfort zone. All right, all of us living outside of what is very comfortable to us in order that we might continue to be able to grow. And so this morning we're going to talk a little bit here, continuing on, we're going to talk a little bit about some biblical principles of church growth. All right, these are not principles that you just get from a book you check out that says uh, principles of church growth, our church growth 101, our church growth according to this particular individual. But let's look at what the Bible says about church growth and maybe gain some principles from that this morning. And here's what I want you to understand as far as our position in life church is that that we believe that the Lord desires his church to grow. We don't believe that God intends for the church to sit. We don't believe that God intends for the church to be capped at some point in its growth. In other words, we're not saying that, okay, we're going to grow to a point and then when that it's comfortable to us, then we're going to say, okay, now we're done growing, okay? And, and we don't believe that God wants us to stagnate or to diminish in our growth in any way. And so we present to you this particular passage of Scripture this morning from Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to kind of springboard off of that this morning and talk about these particular principles uh, of growing, all right? Now, and as we're introducing this, let me also say to you, we believe that God provides His increase um, throughout and by our connection with Him as the head, all right? So Jesus is in charge of the growth. But that growth is going to happen as we are connected to the head. As we are connected to Jesus, He is going to give us the help and the strength and the strategies and so forth, the things that we need in order that we might grow. 
Colossians chapter 2, beginning at verse 18, it says, Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head. In other words, don't let someone like that, who isn't connected to the head, and therefore is going off on on unique and, and and creative tangents that are not biblicals necessarily. All right, let that person not influence you, but you rather be connected to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. Now, let me make a point right here to you who are in Life Church. We do not want to grow for the sake of growth. We don't want to grow just to be growing. We want God's growth. We want growth that comes by the Spirit of the Lord. We want growth that is designed and implemented and ordained by God. And so we're not just trying to grow. This wasn't a situation where the elders got together and said, Hey, Pastor Bill, Pastor Dave, we want to grow, so help us do that. That's not what happened. What happened was people started coming to Life Church. And they started bringing their friends. And Life Church started to grow as a result of that. And that is, a we believe, a God-ordained growth. It's a growth that we didn't try to force or manipulate or make happen. Life Church is growing. Now, I'm going to tell you why Life Church is growing. And I'm, I'm absolutely, totally convinced of this. There, I, I, would, I would argue this to my dying breath. The reason that Life Church is growing is because, and it's not about Pastor Dave and I, but Pastor Dave and I prayed, and God led us to begin to preach Christ-centered. And we spent a whole year on nothing but centering on Jesus. And any of you can look at, at the sheets, but the growth in life church that is in any way significant is from that point to now. And it is not because we did something special or unique or because anyone in this church is special or unique. It is because we have centered ourselves on Jesus Christ. We have lifted him up and exalted his name above every other name. And he is drawing people into him. All right. And so that's the basis of of our church growth. But here's what I want you to understand And I'm going to give you a number of passages of Scripture this morning to look at. But I want you to understand that even though Christ is the head of this church, and even though we have centered ourselves on Jesus Christ, and even though God intends for the church to grow, that growth is not automatic. That growth doesn't just continue to happen, all right? And, and the problem is that some churches will grow to a point and then they will actually stop growing because they will not accommodate that growth or work with God and take hold of the strategies that God is giving them so that they can continue to grow. And there are a lot of different reasons why they don't. And, and some of those we hit last week. It's not comfortable. It's not easy. It's not in our comfort zone. It's not what we were looking for when we were looking for a church. And yet, in the midst of that, even though we were looking for something that we wanted or something that was comfortable to us or something that we liked or enjoyed, the reality is God continued to grow the church. And in all honesty, with not a lot of concern about our level of happiness or comfort with that growth. 
Because God's intent is to change you and I. And growth will do that. Some churches do become stagnant and they just sit. Other churches enter a downward spiral uh, until they cease to exist. That, that, those are the kinds of things that can happen. But listen, we're saying to you this morning that Life Church, we are not considering options like not growing. That just isn't in our mix. That isn't in our DNA. That is not who we are or what we are about. We are about growing. Even if we can't grow inside this building, we're going to grow the kingdom of God somehow, some way. We're not going to stop growing. And we believe that there will be ways for us to do that right here. As long as we are in this building, as long as God keeps us here or we remain here by God's design and plan, we can still grow right here. And as it's been alluded to, that could be a number of different things, including going to two different services. We, we may be doing that. And we may be doing that sooner than any of us would be comfortable with. And as I alluded to you last week, if that happens, that means that a lot of things may have to change. For one, Pastor Bill can't preach those long sermons he preaches, all right? And you can all say amen. That's just perfectly okay, all right? You can do that. I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. I'm going to shoot through this stuff so fast this morning, it's going to shake all of your livers, okay? Church growth has never been automatic. It's never going to be automatic. You and I have got to get in there. We have to avoid the catastrophes that can come when the church starts to grow. And so there are some principles that we need to look at here that need to be understood, but not only understood. No, I, I don't want to preach these kinds of sermons to you and have you all go, yep, I got it, I understand. But then there's no application. We're not following through. We're not doing this and, and accommodating the growth that God has for us. So we want very much to understand what God is doing and how He's doing it and why He's doing it. And we all want to understand the strategies that he has for us so that we can continue to grow. But then it comes down to where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, and we are actually doing what we have to do. We're doing those hard things. We're making those tough decisions. We're doing what we need to do to see the kingdom of God grow. And I'll tell you what, the only way we're going to do that is if you and I die to our own kingdoms so that God's kingdom has preeminence over our desires and our flesh. And that does move us out of our comfort zone. It moves us out of some other people's comfort zones. It moves us to a place where we say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more concerned, God, about your will and your desires than I am my own. And so what I want you to do, God, is I want you to take your heartbeat and I just want you to bring it down and I want you to just put it over the top of mine and consume mine and get me going with you. And so my heart's beating with your heart, God. And so I'm with you all the way. I'm 100% in and that's where I hope that we're all going, all right? I hope, and, and, and by the way, the surveys are looking that way. The surveys are looking pretty good, actually, all right? I mean, some of you are sharing. And if you haven't done the survey, it's online, and there's a link to it. Pastor Dave sent the email out last Monday. You can still do the survey. We're going to give you a little bit more time to do that. We want to hear from you. That's not just for covenant members, uh, not even just for regular attenders. If you are a person and you see Life Church as a place that you attend and, and you're in and out of here, we still want to hear from you, all right? We want to know what you're thinking. So please fill out the, the, uh, the survey online, okay? But here's the thing. This is, this is the first principle that I want to say to you today, all right? If we're going to grow, each part must do its share. Each part. When every part is functioning, this passage is saying to us, 
then we'll see things happen. We'll see maturity coming into the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ matures, matures the body of Christ is going to grow. All right? So church growth, folks, it, it is enhanced. It is, it is increased, if you will. It is done. It is successful. When each member, and, and, and when I say member, all right, don't, don't lock me into covenant members at Life Church. I'm talking here about each member of the body of Christ, okay? So when each member does his or her part as a member of the body, then things begin to happen, all right? Verse 16 of this passage read, From whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, all right, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love, all right? You know what that means? Growth doesn't generally happen just because you preach good sermons or write sermons or short sermons or long sermons, all right? It comes when you and I together are connected where we need to be and we're doing the work that God has called us to do, all right? And, and in all honesty, the key there is that we are connected, all right? And so what I want to say to you is that, that you have a function to fulfill, all right? The growth is enhanced when every part is, 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 or every member is doing their part, all right? So then we all have, if that's the case, a function to fulfill, all right? Let me take you to Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Every one of us has faith to do what God has called us to do. Verse 4, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, through many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, all right? There's, we can't get away from each other, all right? Just, just as my, my bicep and my forearm are connected right here at my elbow, every one of us, we are connected. We can't separate ourselves from one another. Verse 6, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving to the one who teaches in his teaching, to the one who exhorts in his exhortation, to the one who contributes in generosity, to the one who leads with zeal, to the one who acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Do you see what he's saying? You have a responsibility. You have a job. You have a place. There's, the church is a place of belonging. All right? And you know what scares me? One of the things that scares me the most when I'm dealing with people is someone who walks through the door and says, well, I'm your guy. I got all the gifts. I'm like, oh, God, deliver us. Yep, I'm, I, no. There are no hot dogs in the kingdom of God, folks. We're in this together, 
All right? It's no one man show. It's no one girl thing. All right? It is all of us fully functional together. And we do what we are called and gifted to do. And you know what? You don't get proud and puffed up in your particular gift of your calling because we need one another, regardless of what we are called to do. And so we're not looking and and deciding that one is preeminent over another and one gift is better and this gift is greater and this person's got this. and, 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 And so we start comparing and we start judging and we start getting jealous and we start getting puffed up and all these kinds of things. No, rather we see that we need each other. And in humility we prefer one another because, you see, every member is important. Let's go to... 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body through many are one body, so it is with Christ. If we're Christ-centered, folks, that's exactly the way it is. If we're living if we're living centered on Jesus, we're going to live this way. We're going to live together because we are important to each other. All right? Verse 13, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Whether we're Jews or whether we're Greeks, whether we're slaves or we're free, we all were made to drink of one spirit. In other words, something happened to us, folks. We, we changed. There was, a, there was a transformation, and we are no longer one. We're not independent anymo- anymore. We're, we're not just us. And you know what? We're not just me and one or two or three either. We are, we're the fullness of the body. And so there's not exclusion here of individuals in some way who are Christians, all right? Verse 14, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. It doesn't matter what anyone says to you, okay? You are a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, what would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God, God alone, has arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. All right? You didn't get saved, and then you, you get a list, and you tick off the things you want to be able to do. All right? It doesn't work that way. God has ordained you specifically as you are. His son or his daughter before the foundations of the world and already imparted his design and plan into your life. And he has called you forth in this season to serve him faithfully given what he has already in his sovereignty declared is in the best interest of you and the rest of the body. So God has arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And so the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Indispensable. Okay. Now, let me, let me help you to understand something, all right? You 
Nathan Hitchcock, would you please join me right up here for just a moment? You know, one of the worst things that happens in churches is people throw stones. <clears throat> but we're not going to do that. Would you just stand up there? I only chose you because you wore those flip-flops today. I want you to take the stone. As your, you, you understand spiritual authority better than probably most people in here. As a college seminary professor and all of that, you understand this stuff. As your spiritual authority, as the man of God in your life, I want you to take that stone and I want you to slam it on your big toe. In the name of Jesus. Nathan, I want you to, I want you to hit your big toe really hard. Nathan, are you, you're, you're a covenant member of Life Church. And, and in the covenant, you said you would do whatever the pastors told you to do. And I'm your pastor, so would, would you just hit your toe with, with the rock, please, really hard. Wasn't there a footnote about the elders being involved, too? <laughs> See, this is the point. No one in their right mind is going to hurt themselves. No one. Why? would we hurt someone else in the body of Christ? Why would we injure our own body? Why would we see some part of this body as being unnecessary to the rest of it and in any way cause harm or damage? Thank you, Nathan, very much. We are the body of Christ. I just want to say things to the devil right now. Because <laughs> when the body starts to sense its unity, when it starts to sense its synergy and its oneness, that scares the liver out of the devil. Maybe he doesn't have a liver, I don't know, but it scares him, all right? And it ought to empower you and I looking at the fact that we are going to have to make changes and that we are growing as a part of the body of Christ and that, that Life Church has a unique sense of mission and, and that it is going to be able to make a greater impact than it ever has before, it ought to just ignite in us something because we are on the verge of an opportunity that we've never had before. And one of the amazing things about that opportunity is that it is bringing us together as God's body. And God is going to use us in ways that he has never used us together before. And I want to challenge you and I that when we, when we as members start to draw strength from Jesus as our head, and that's a key part of this thing, it will dramatically change how we view those around us and those who are lost outside of us. And so that's the starting point, all right? We begin to see that we are one body together. We are members together in this thing. We're doing this thing together. And then as members, when each member is drawing strength from the head, we will grow. And I, that's an absolute essential key is that Jesus is at the top of this thing. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, it says, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up, all right? Grow and grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, all right, that body we just talked about, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. 
And then that passage from Colossians that is so good. From whom the whole body is nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows up with a growth that is from God. That is where we landed, all right? That's where, we, that's where we're going to be, all right? Now, how does this happen? How, how, do we, how do we accomplish this, all right? I think we do this by understanding, folks, that the body... The body is going to work and function and we're going to grow directly through God's indwelling as the Spirit of God dwells in us. Now, let me, let, me, let me take a side note right here real quick. If you're sitting here today and you're going, oops, I'm, now I'm disqualified because God doesn't dwell in me. Well, today in Life Church, He can. This is a church that fully believes that everyone who walks through those doors are capable of experiencing the love and the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you got here, God's intent is for you to hear this message. And if you don't know Jesus, that message is the rescue message of all messages. And that is that Jesus came from heaven to do for you what you could not do for yourself. And he died on the cross for your sins so that you could be saved. Those sins could be forgiven and washed away, never to be brought before you ever again the rest of eternity. And that same Jesus is now sitting at the right hand of the Father because he died on this earth, but he was resurrected out of that death three days later. And and he ascended back into heaven, and there he sits today, and he is praying for you and I as we sit here and as we work through these scriptures together. That is the beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you're going, hey, I I am disconnected. I don't know that relationship. I don't have that. Today can be the day for you to do that. We'll give you an opportunity to make that decision. You can begin making that decision in your heart right now, even as I am preaching to you. It is God's indwelling that is going to make the difference. Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, Not only as in my presence. In other words, don't just do it because I'm here. But more in my absence. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works works in you. Both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Coming back to that reality that you and I are not doing this ourselves. This is not in our own strength. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in a second here. Okay, But this is God at work through us, through the body of Christ. All right? Those of you who are, are on the college campus, you have a great work to do right there. All right? You, some of you are doing that same work here. We now have Resonate on Friday nights where we've kind of bridged the gap, all right? And we have young adults and college students coming here on Friday nights and, 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 and sharing and hanging out and enjoying the presence of the Lord and fellowship and all of that kind of stuff, all right? But it is not you and I who are doing this. These are not just little cute strategies that just come up. We understand that we have been given a responsibility and God is at work in us and through us. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, before you say, well, I can't do all that kind of stuff it says i can do all through him who strengthens me that is jesus all right so we're without excuse really in this idea of god at work in us he is at work in us he's not going to give you something to do that you cannot do all right ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 it says according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being in other words there is enough power sufficient to 
for you to accomplish God's will in your life, utilizing your gifts and whatever positions and offices God would put you in, and you can do it to His glory and His honor. And you can do it together with one another. I like that. Because that's what God loves, is our coming together in this thing. And so we, res- we draw our strength from Him as the head, from God dwelling in us and working through us His glory. But I'm going to tell you something. We also draw this strength indirectly, and that is from one another. From one another. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning with verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our afflictions. We stop right there most of the time as Christians. Thank God I have the Holy Spirit. He comforts me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. But what he's saying is this Father, this God of all comfort who comforts you in all of your afflictions, he does this so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. I remember as as a, a young Christian finding myself becoming very angry with God because God allowed me to open my heart to some of my past and some of the things that had happened to me as a small child, and they were very abusive things. And when I started to deal with those things, and, and that, that area of my life became opened by the power of the Spirit, and God was walking me through a healing process there, I actually became very angry with Him because I did not understand why God would let a little child experience those kinds of things. Why would you, do, if you were there, if you're sovereign, if you're, if you're the almighty God, why would you let a child go through that? Why were you not there to protect me? Why didn't you hear my voice when I cried out in, in the night? Why did you, why were you not there for me? And I remember crying and going, God, you set me up. You've convinced me that you're real. I believe in you. I have faith in you. And I want to follow you, but I don't know how to make this connect here. I've got to disconnect because I don't know that I can trust you. I'm not sure you're that trustworthy. And so I don't know what to do with this. Why did you let me suffer? And when I said suffer, it's like a dam broke. And I started to weep. I started to cry. And I felt the Spirit of God come upon me. It may not happen for everybody the way it happened to me, but I'm going to give you my story today, all right? I'm going to tell you what God did for me, all right? Because I think this is a place a lot of us struggle, okay? But God picked me up there in the Spirit, and I, I, I literally just felt something with me, and I, I knew it was the presence of the Lord. And He said, because in that place of suffering, I will bring redemption. I am the God who redeems, and I will bring redemption And I will use that place in your life. And you will walk with others who have walked in the same place of pain and suffering. And it wasn't very long after that that God began to lead people into my path. I don't tell my story to everybody, but there's an occasion here and there where God says, you need to to stand with this person and you need to tell them your story. And I do. And it's like the redemption of God comes alive for them. I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you've been through. But I'm telling you this. God redeems. 
And God's intent is to take a whole bunch of broken people, get them good and saved. All right? That's an old southern term, okay? But we just get us good and saved, and then turn us loose. And let us just share this redemptive message, this love of Jesus, this healing power with those around us. It's, it is that simple. When, and we don't need to complicate it. So let's let God use us. Let's, let, and let's get our comfort from one another. Let's lean on each other. We're the body for crying out loud. Let's serve. Here's the key idea and what I'm trying to say to you, and that is that nourished from above and from within and within a congregation, that congregation is bound to grow. God will use us. Let me talk for a minute about some dangerous things here, okay? Church growth is endangered, all right, when members don't do their part. That's pretty simple, isn't it? It grows when members do their part. It's endangered when members don't do their part. And the church is handicapped by non-functioning members. And, and it can't perform to its full potential. All right? Next Sunday, I won't be with you. I'll be in England. I'm going to be running a marathon. All right? Now, I'm excited to go run the marathon. I'm excited to go to England. I'm excited to have fun. Uh, I hope I'll have some fun doing this. And... Uh, and and here's the thing, though. There's a part of me that dreads a part of that experience. And that is that I know when I finish that 26.2 miles of that marathon, my legs are going to hurt so bad. And that my thighs are going to freeze up. And it's going to be really, really, really hard for me. And you know what? I'm not going to walk very well. And so I'm not going to do a lot of things. I'm just, I'm going to take it easy. And I'm, and I'm going to recover. Now, here's the thing. God has us all on a journey here. And this journey requires a lot of intentionality and a lot of work from all of us. And there are going to be times when we're going to feel it. But God's intent is for us to rise above feelings and, and, and to, and to you know, push through and, and, and to make it. And we can all do that. We can do that together with each other. All right? I really love my wife. If I am ever in any way diminished, my wife will take care of me. I know that. I'm confident that she will do that. And so, unfortunately, she's not going with me, so I'm going to kind of be on my own. But if she were there and, and, and my legs were not functioning very well, she would have sympathy for me. And she would bring me something to eat. Or she would take care of me in some way. She would never take advantage of me. All right? I don't believe in that. No, she would never do that. <laughs> You and I need to understand that we, we are part of a body and we have this, this endless vast well of supply called God Almighty and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we, we are going to sometimes feel a bit diminished, but that is not an excuse not to do the work of the kingdom. All right? 
And, and we cannot sit back and say, you know what, there are others that can do it. Well, there's others that have that gift. There's others that will do that better than I will do. That is not the intent of God. God wants us to, to, to be there. God wants us to be a part, all right? And, and, and here's the thing. If one member isn't doing their part, that means that other members have to make up the difference. Because you know what? God is not repenting of his call upon Life Church to grow and to be effective and to bring the gospel. And so David and I are not going to get behind you and try to force you to do something. We're going to try to empower you uh, to step up and do what God has called you to do. Hopefully by you identifying what your gifts are and understanding what what the Spirit is speaking to you. And uh, we're going to help you to grow and mature and be discipled so you'll live in obedience uh, to God. All right? And so that means that we all step up when we need to step up. We do what we need to do when the opportunity is there for us to do it. And we continue to live that way, all right? Because we don't want to be struggling oftentimes under the extra burden, if you will, of individuals not doing what they are called to do. Because sometimes we become disheartened and even give up when that happens. And that is when the enemy wins. So here's another key idea. When, when members won't do their part, a church cannot grow as God intended. All right? When members do their part, we grow. When they don't do their part, it causes problems. All right? Now let me give you another principle, and I'll try to wrap this up. The strong need to bear with the weak in church growth. The strong must bear with the weak. All right? Church growth is enhanced when, when strong members understand the weaknesses of others, all right? And, and as the church evangelizes, there's always going to be babes in Christ. There's always going to be those who are weak. There's always going to be those who have needs. And it's going to get a bit messy. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4 says, Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. Man, we love a clean manger, all right? We, ju- we just love a clean manger. But abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. Well, the problem is that the ox eats the hay and then poops in the manger. Sorry, but that's the way it is. Let me tell you something. It is going to get messy. I remember being in a mall once. And this fellow had his little, little, little baby, you know, with him, and that baby had some problems, and 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 it, its diaper sort of came apart, and it was a bad deal. And you know what he did? This dad, this dad who who is the father of this child, who is with the mom, who he is the cover of, and the, and, and and all of that, he. He handed her that baby and backed up and said, I ain't doing that. I, I, no, no, I ain't doing that. He's, he's walking away. I, I, am. I said, I ain't doing that. I am not doing that. Walking away. Just walking away. Folks, we have a responsibility, all right? Babies can't clean themselves. They can't do this. There's, God's intent is for us to clean up the mess and to do that in whatever way and with whatever strategies and and, and tools that he gives to us to do that 
And, and, and so you and I are going to have to make up our minds before it ever happens, before it ever comes in the door. You know what? I'm, I'm going to be one of the ones that's going to clean it up. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to walk with that person. I'm going through them with them through the mess of their lives. I'm going to help them take care of, of this. You know, there are some folks out there, folks, they, they don't know how to be a parent. They don't know how to be a child. Uh, they, they, they don't know how to be a Christian. And we have to help them. We have to, we have to come along with And there are Christians out there who haven't grown. They haven't grown up. And, and they've got some things that they're struggling with. But it's, it's absolutely essential that you and I are bearing with them because that's how the church is going to grow. If you're going to wait for very perfect people to come in here and grow this church, well, we're not going to grow. It's not going to happen. And if you need it to be clean all the time, then you need to ask God to help you as a Christian to be delivered because you're in a bondage. All right? We've, we've got to be able to give ourselves out. There are, there are going to be new people coming in and they haven't had the benefit of good role models and there's some families and they're not going to know what any kind of duties in the family are and there's going to be Christians that don't have, have, have not had any principles for godly living in their lives and they're coming in and things are messed up and broken and so if, if church growth is going to happen and it's going to be in, enhanced, it's going to be when we remember our duty towards the weak and we are willing to bear with their infirmities over a period of time. Romans chapter 15, verse 1. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and to not to please ourselves. Doesn't that just hurt you right there? That just, it, that's so gripping. I mean, it's like, mm. and then God just, you know, pulls it out and cleans it off and says, okay, let's keep going, all right? We who are strong, have an obligation, all right, to work with these people and not to please ourselves. Let us, each of us, please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Oh, let's take it further. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself as well, lest you too be tempted bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Here's what we got in the church. We got people who are strong and we got people who are religious, all right, spiritual. And you know what? The spiritual people all say, well, let those who are strong in that area, let them take care of things. I'm spiritual. I used to teach a class at the gym in the early mornings and the class I taught, it was, it was a pretty difficult class uh, kind of a boot camp type of class. Uh, it was early morning, and it was mostly women who came to this class. And a lot of these were women who were from affluent, you know, uh, situations. They had lots of money. And so they came in, and many of them had, like, their Louis Vuitton handbag, you know, and their nice designer outfits and all those. And they're, they're lovely, lovely ladies. And I got to, to know many of them and appreciate many of them. But we had one lady who came in, and, and I never really got to know her because she wasn't very cooperative in a lot of ways. And she would, she would do little exercises. So, so, like, if I said jumping jacks, you know, hey, let's all go. Come on, let's go. And she'd be like, And the weird thing was that she held her handbag the whole time. You know? And, 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 and so I said, okay, we're going to do some burpees, you know? And everybody's getting ready to get down. And she watches, and she sees everybody down, and then up, down, and up. 
And she looks at me and she goes, oh, I don't do that. I don't do that. Tell you something, when you stand before Jesus, there is not, you're not even going to feel like going, oh, I didn't do that. Because I don't do that. God hasn't called you and I to selective service. He has selected us to serve. And so we're called to do what God has called us to do. And it's His. It's His call. And so I'm, I'm challenging you and I today to live in these scriptures now. Let's get this transformation around us now. All right? So that we are able. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse, 10, verse 14. We urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak. Get this one. Be patient with them all. That's what we look like. That's what we got to look like. That's what we got to be. And so we've got to make this, this accommodation. We've got we to make these changes as we are going forward. All right? And so we learn to be long-suffering. That's the fruit of the Spirit. We learn to enjoy the joy of being long-suffering. All right? So here's where we are. God is at work. God is moving. And we need, we need to understand that each part must do their share. And the strong must bear with the weak. We will have growth when every part is doing its share. We won't have growth if members don't get involved. We will have growth when we bear with the weak and the endangered. But we won't have growth if we the strong themselves become weary. And this is what I want to leave you with today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, it says to us as, as the brothers and the sisters in Christ that we are to be steadfast, immovable, abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord our labor is not in vain. This is what we hold on to, all right? This is what we hold on to. But then let's look a little further. Let's go to Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And it says, hey, don't grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. Here's my fear, is that a few of us will give up before we ever get started. We'll just see that this is just... It's just too big. It's just too much. And I want to challenge you today that God has not given us too much. But he's given us exactly what his will is for us. And as we go forward, let's be, let's be diligent. And let's not let weariness take hold of us. Because I'll guarantee you, that's not from God. His strength is sufficient for whatever he's calling us to do. And he will give us the strength we need to do it. And you know what? We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen? Amen. Let's not grow weary in doing good. All right? Nikki, would you come and share the gospel with us, please? Um, as Bill has said this morning, we do these things. We bear with the weak. We remain steadfast because this is what God has already done for us. Um, we are messy. We are broken. We are in need of redemption. Um, and Jesus has sacrificed his all for us, and that is why we sacrifice um, our comfort for other people. Um, Jesus 
died um, sacrificed the greatest thing, his life, so that we might be brought in, so that we might be healed, so that we might be redeemed. And that is the good news that we are here to share with other people, that God is at work redeeming his world, and that one day Jesus will return and he will make all things right and new. And that is the plan we are part of. That is what we've been invited into. And if this is new to you, um, the good news is that the one who created you wants you and he has a place for you in his kingdom. And he has a plan to make you part of this great story. Um, So if you want to talk to somebody or pray with somebody about that, there will be people up here to share with you, um, to tell you about this great love that this sacrificing God has for you and how you can have new life because Jesus rose from the dead and because he is alive and he is at work in our lives in this church and in this world. Um, And if you just want to sit quietly and pray, you are welcome to do that. Otherwise, um, you're dismissed.